welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. It's a Tuesday night, and the Bradley Braves woke up Monday is back-to-back Missouri Valley Conference champions. Back-to-back, baby. Hashtag why not us. Which means we're going dancing for the second straight year in the NCAA Tournament. Yes, Very sir. exciting. Welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. I am Marshall McAluso. This is Mitchell Kaminsky. And yes, Bradley, despite r- rumors of getting shut down due to the coronavirus and having online classes, we are still in high spirits as our Braves will be dancing in this tournament. I'll get your quick thoughts on it. Yeah. Would well, you enjoy online classes? Oh, um, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this. Uh, the other day, because one of our teachers mentioned it, there's like, oh, there's rumblings where we're going to have yeah, online yeah. classes. And at first, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I wouldn't have to go to class. But then he was describing all the extra work yeah. that I have to do because it's online. I was like, oh, that's going to kind of stink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, to- I totally agree. It's like, there's a little lot of classes. Like, like I got class classes that like we got a weekly quiz every week. So I got to do that. It's already online. You just got to read the chapter on Tuesday, talk about it. Thursday, take your quiz. Right. And it's easy. And and on the Tuesday and the Thursday, you kind of just show up, get your your information, you talk about, discuss. it's like a lot of discussion-based stuff, and then you leave. As long as you do your one quiz, you don't really have stuff to do out of work besides like a couple projects here and there. And I feel like there are a lot of classes that like will give you like the occasional project. But when you go to class, you kind of just go, and then you mm. leave. But an online class, everything's homework. Yeah. That's terrible. It is terrible. Yeah. Then you have the time when you're giving the lectures, you have to do like those, like the driver's ed test. Oh, click through all this goodness. Stuff. Or like same with job training for Mariana. Yeah, job training was awful. I mean, if it was like that, that'd be wild. And it's, st- and it's stuff that like, come on, like I don't need to, I don't need to be listening to this. A, a quick like 10 minute, a quick 10 minute video of you explaining it would suffice, but you know, whatever. But yes. Back, back to sports. The Bradley Braves, they beat Valparaiso. What is their mascot? The Knights or something? Uh, I believe so. Valparaiso. What is their know. mascot? I'll tell you one thing about Valparaiso. Is they looked like a fifth-grade basketball team. Not by the way they played. Well, t- totally by the way they played. But they looked like they were wearing like the T-shirts underneath the jerseys. And they were wearing, like, ankle socks out there. Like, come on, guys. At least look professional. Crusader. The Crusaders. Oh, I Crusader. knew that. Hey, yeah, well, go anyway, going off the, like, this Bradley team, I had to cover them the majority of the season because I did the Bradley men's pregame show. Shout out. You can find the clips on YouTube. Yes, I don't sir, know why yes, you'd want to watch them now because the games have already happened. <laughs> you just want to see me pick a Missouri Valley Conference game incorrectly. But, uh, <laughs> really, the... I think people don't. This, this is what my big takeaway from it was: like students on this campus do not realize how lucky they are. The fact that we've gone to the tournament two years in a row, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like out of all the colleges in the United States, there's like hundreds, sixty-four make it to the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. and thirty-two actually win their conference. Only thirty-two out of the hundred schools, and they've done it twice. We are in the golden age. Of Bradley, true, Bradley, and Bradley basketball. Like, they've only made, this is a, their 10th tournament appearance of all time. And then earlier this year, they had a retirement ceremony for Jim Molinari, who is, like, one of their legendary coaches, I guess. And uh, they, he won the NBC uh, championship in 96, and that was their only uh, NCAA appearance. Right now, Brian Wardle's the head coach, has been to two in six years. Yeah. Which is crazy. And the, for last year, that team was came into the tournament ranked fifth. Yeah, like, that, was, uh, that was very unexpected. This one... This one, you could 
you could kind of see the writing a little bit because I think a lot of the Bradley players felt as if they had had much better seasons than what was um, uh, shown mm-hmm. by the rest of the Missouri Valley Conference and like the the rankings and like the All Conference, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's totally true. I know, but prior to last year's tournament, because last year's was a massive deal. Like, yeah. It was, Absolutely enormous, especially that game. We're down what 17, 17 18? and a half, yeah. Yeah, and we come back. But before that happened, everyone was talking about the run we made in like 2010 or something like 2006. That. 2006. But they didn't win the yeah. tournament that year, they got an at large bid, so yeah. it was kind of like, yeah. And so know, the fact in. that, yeah, the oh, we kept talking about 06, just the fact that we were made it and what well, we made like a we, we made it pretty far in the tournament. I don't quite sweet remember. 16, is sweet when 16. That was like a big, a massive deal that like a decade. More than a decade later, we still were talking about it. And then we show up, we make it back-to-back years, especially this one. I think we talked about it. The be- the best part, I think, was Daryl Brown, like, really calling a shot um, mm-hmm. because he, he felt he... He was snubbed from first team. Yeah, he was snubbed from first team all-conference. Felt he was disrespecting. He just said it would all be settled this weekend, and here we are, about to go dancing. Well, it is funny talking about Daryl. Before the tournament... Like, they had us pick for that pregame show, uh, like, who who was the big difference maker for the Braves. And we had Koch Bar and Jason Terry, uh, who, or Terry, excuse, Terry Nolan, excuse me, not Jason Terry. <laughs> Terry Nolan, who, he's a redshirt junior uh, this year. He transferred in. He's going to be a stud next year, by the way. But they asked away, we asked him, like, hey, who's, who do you think the most clutch player on the roster is? And they all said, without hesitation, no, DB, no, mm-hmm. no doubt, Daryl Brown. And he's really that one guy, especially, like, last year, you see, the Braves would really go on these, like, scoring droughts. Oh my lord! And he's the one guy. He's the one of the only guys on that team that can create his own shot. Like Elijah Childs, best scorer on the team, but like you have to feed him in the post. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Daryl can get his own shot off, which, and he came up so clutch in this tournament. But uh, what I really, yeah, the two the two big points I wanted to make. First off, Brian Wardle has done a heck of a job with this program. He has. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to go to the game this year. We went last year. Yeah. I wanted to go again this year. Was unable to. But I went to like the rally when they came back yeah. or whatever. And I got the chance to uh, meet him for a little bit. He's super nice guy, first off. Like, class act. Do I would love to play for the man. Apparently, yeah. there was a report that he, like, went into the cheerleaders' practice at, like, 5 a.m. and brought him donuts. That's <laughs> like, hey, we appreciate the work you guys do. Uh, he was just taking pictures with all these fans. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a super nice guy. And I, I, I know he had his incident last year with the press thing. But, uh, you know, I think... He apologized for it, and I think he really is a stand-up guy and yeah. a very solid coach. Bradley is going to lose him in a couple years because I, I don't see a mid-major school. Yeah. Some school He's is going to hire him. You see Bradley, because Bradley's not a basketball powerhouse. I mean, yeah. we're in the 50s maybe. But you see Bradley Braves, two tournaments, someone is going to hire this guy in the yeah. next couple years. But watch out for that. Last thing I want to say, the Missouri Valley Conference in general consistently gets screwed in these tournaments. Yeah, Bradley, I'm looking at the bracketology after they won, because so, I wanted to be like, yeah, maybe I'll go to a tournament game, and we're supposed to be a 14 seed, which is like, I mean, we were a 20-win team this year, so 14 seems a little steep, but this is a consistent theme with the Valley, and it's quite unfair. Uh, so if you go to, since 2013, uh, conferences with Final Fours, Missouri Valley's had two. They've only had nine teams with get bids. So two, t- two teams out of their nine made the Final Four. That's 22%. The next best conference out of all the conferences for Final Four appearances is the SEC at 15%, uh, where they have four Final Four teams out of 27 bids, and that's thanks to Kentucky in large part. The second thing that really stands out stat-wise is uh, basketball, they use like RPI. It shows like their wins and kind yeah. of their power index. So like I said earlier, like 64 teams make the tournament, right? So you look at the top 40 teams in RPI, 
Look at all these Valley teams that did not make the tournament. So you got Creighton in 2009. They were ranked 40th, didn't get in. So 40, whatever. Creighton in 2006, 39th, didn't get in. Bradley in 2007 was ranked 37th, didn't get in. Missouri State in 2007, 36th, didn't get in. Missouri State in 2000, 34, didn't get in. Now it gets interesting here, too. Illinois State, 2017, ranked 33rd. Didn't get in the tournament. Illinois mm-hmm. State in 2008, 33rd didn't get in. And then in 2006, Missouri State was ranked 21st Dang. and did not make the NCAA tournament. The Valley consistently gets screwed. I'm sick of the Valley disrespect. The worst yeah. team in the Valley this year was um, Evansville, Evansville yeah. and they didn't win a game in conference. They were 0-18 in conference, and they knocked off Kentucky, the number one team in the nation at the That's time. That's true. So, Give the Valley more respect. Yeah, and I think a big reason to that, and like it is what it is, it probably won't ever change, but there's just nothing sexy about the Missouri Valley Conference. No. And there's just no name recognition, which is, uh, it is what it is. You can't really change that. I mean, you got Missouri State, Loyola. You look at like the history of these programs. When they lost Wichita State and Creighton, that hurt the conference. Yeah, those two teams were the only like basketball teams you could recognize. Because even the SEC, like they've never been, they're never very good at basketball, but you just know the names from the biggest sport, college football. And it's just, you know, they have the culture down there of just being a big time school with big time general sports programs. And it's true. You know, you, you want to give credit to the small, the 6,000, the 4,000, the 5,000, uh, at large, uh, student bodies, because the, the, when they, when a team like Bradley or a team like Loyola gets like, gets decent recognition, makes a tournament and makes a splash, it's, it's noticeable and people should realize that more, but you know. We're not uh, we're not an ACC and we're not a you know yeah. a West Western school so it is what it is. And I'll end with this: the people that go to school here at Bradley enjoy it because it doesn't happen very often. You make two in a row, but next year we're supposed to be even better. Yeah, than this year. Yeah, that Terry uh, Nolan is supposed to be a stud. We got some incoming freshmen like they're gonna be very guard heavy. Elijah Childs will be back for his senior season. That man, by the way, I have to like the rally thing. I saw him dapped him up. I was like, oh, congratulations! That man's hands are huge. He's massive. Like I got tiny hands to begin with, but it was like a jaws of life coming down. Yeah, like, yeah. Jesus I remember Christ. when we stormed the court last year. You realize how like big these guys tall. actually because like the short guys are like six three. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And even Daryl's pretty thick. Like, he's yeah, short, but he's yeah. like, yeah, he's a Darryl. presence out there. Uh, headband Daryl's a thing. Yeah. You see a Daryl with a headband, you're in trouble. Yeah. Another famous player that wears headbands, LeBron James sometimes. Yes, yeah, true. It's Look true. at that transition right that's there. Right. Dynamo. <laughs> that was amazing. So he's been learning in this uh, One of LeBron's best classes. friends, Dwayne Wade, who played with Brian Wardle in college at Marquette. Really? So there you go. Another tra- Yeah, they were teammates that's at Marquette. That's cool. You think Dwayne Wade will ever visit? They, well, they're actually, it's funny. They were saying, like, a bunch of guys want him to recruit Dwayne Wade's son because, I guess, because hey, yeah. du- Dwayne Wade gave Wardle a shout-out last year. And when they won, like, they played Michigan State tough. He was like, oh, shout-out to my former teammate. So, we're like, yeah. hey, you know what? Why don't we just recruit Zaire Wade? That's a big name. <laughs> and then we get Ronnie James next. Oof. And then all of a sudden, we're a powerhouse in the, in the grand scheme of NCAA basketball. Well, if you listen to the podcast last week, I was saying, essentially, um, you should go listen to it regardless. But uh, <laughs> if you didn't, essentially, I, we were talking. I was talking about the MVP race and saying Giannis is the favorite and probably should win. I mean, he's leading a 70-win team with not a whole lot of help. But if LeBron won, considering the MVP's history, where it's usually about storylines and meaningless stats, for the first time, I would be fine with it, considering what LeBron has accomplished this year. 
And now that, yeah, that he's beat the other best team in the NBA with the Milwaukee Bucks record-wise, and then they just beat the Clippers on top of that, and now Giannis is hurt, all of a sudden LeBron's MVP odds went from, hey, you know what, he would deserve to win it if he did, I wouldn't be pissed, to like, hey, he might be moving into yeah. a favorite spot. The, uh, the gap's closing a little bit. Yeah, um, I think, and I, I wish I wish I was able to be on that podcast, um, you know, conflicting schedules uh, made otherwise. But yeah, because I think um, a really good argument was made about a week ago, even before that these games happened, when the MVP, uh, you know, post All Star break, that that you know, post season MVP starts to pick up a little traction on the on the talk shows. Um, but I think looking back at the history of the MVP, uh, let me pull up the winners right here. Uh, it's typically like a Western comp. Besides last year with Giannis. Um, in 24, LeBron won in 2012 and 2013, and then it went Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook. And and that was from the years of 2014 to 2017. And I think those were four years that when LeBron went back to Cleveland after being with the Miami Heat, uh, those were four years that when LeBron was in the Eastern Conference, which has historically just been the weaker conference in the past decade, especially now, um, his, his, his points... Uh, his stat lines, his wins were kind of discredited a little bit. It's okay, but he's in the East. Who else is in the East? What, you want the Raptors? No. Uh, the Celtics haven't been particularly great as of recent. Um, there weren't other, other the big-time teams. There weren't the Golden State Warriors. You know, the big three, uh, uh, Thunder, uh, the... Uh, a lot of the Spurs, the Spurs uh, when they were in their glory days. Uh, and so I think LeBron essentially missed out on... Th- four MVP shots. Not saying he would win, but he basically missed, he just forfeited the chance to win an MVP when he was in Cleveland. And I think that the same energy has to be applied, not just because LeBron had it, but because now it's even worse in when it, disparity of talent in the two conferences. The East this year is garbage. It's horrible. There's, I mean, the Bucks are far and away the best team. And then you look at the rest of the teams, I mean, maybe the Celtics, if Jason Tatum can keep it up. The, the Raptors have a good, they have a good uh, record, but I think I mean I don't think anyone's really seriously considering them. I would agree uh, with that. to go anywhere agree. in the playoffs. The 76ers are a hot mess right now, yeah, cool. uh, and so it's it's really you got one good team, and I think the biggest thing that proved um, the the point I'm trying to make is before the whole weekend uh, when the Harden and Giannis uh, beef was going on. Uh, you know, Harden said some shots at Giannis. Giannis said some shots back at Harden. You know, what that has nothing really to do with the MVP storyline. But that was blown up in Giannis's favor when he dropped 42, 20, and 10 in a game. And everyone's like, oh, my goodness. He went off. He played amazing. It was against the Hornets. He's playing yeah. garbage teams, and he's smoking them. And it's no surprise that... This team, that his team is far away the best team. They have the best record, and it's no surprise he's averaging the crazy amount of points he is. And the fact that LeBron in year seventeen is putting up very similar stats, leading the lead in assists, has a number one team in in LA and in the Western Conference, which is a deep, deep Western Conference with teams like the Spurs uh, and the the uh, Trailblazers, even potentially missing out on the playoffs. It is. It, he deserves the MVP. Obviously, it can change in the next coming weeks depending on how it goes on. But the fact that he has Lakers, which besides Anthony Davis and a couple other decent role players, is not the heavyweight caliber team that uh, a lot of a lot of teams are used to that uh, LeBron has typically had. Um, 
I don't know. I, I think I think this is going to be one of the. I'll, I'll, I've been talking for a while, so I'll, I'll end it here. But this is one of the MVPs that statistically, like with win percentage and all that stuff. If you want to go just stat based, Giannis should probably win it based on the amount of points he's averaging um, and his win percentage. But I think this will be an MVP that when LeBron retires and we're missing out on his great fist, we'll say, oh my goodness, the 17th year of his career, he did what in that season? And we didn't give him the MVP. That would be a tragedy, and he deserves to win this year. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree that he deserves to, but I mean, let me play, let me play devil's advocate. Yeah. Age can't be a factor in winning the MVP because age hurt LeBron, the one when Derrick Rose won it, because Derrick Rose was the youngest MVP ever to win it. LeBron deserved to win that award, and you saw it in the postseason when he wiped the floor with them. So, like, his 17th year, yes, it's very impressive, and he's putting up an MVP caliber season, but because it's his 17th year, that can't that be That was just playing towards criteria. the storyline aspect. Right, and that's what... So, like, that's usually what these writers do is go to the storylines, and that's why I was very impressed this year, because I was like, oh, wow, Giannis is actually still in the lead. is a favorite. But I would say, my while the conference is worse, Giannis is playing with a much worse roster. I, I mean, don't know about much worse. His second best player is Chris Middleton. And LeBron's second best is Anthony Davis. That's a big drop-off. Chris Middleton's a borderline roster at the, at the, as a whole. I mean, I mean, you got uh, what? Old Rondo, old Dwight Howard, playoff Rondo. Dwight Howard used to be an all star. If, if you have not LeBron been watching the Lakers, this cast though, like he picked well, the players that he wanted there because he can only. I mean, Alex Caruso, man. Alex Caruso goes to any other team, he's nothing. You know, I don't know. He, Alex Caruso, if he was in the Bulls, he'd be a starter. Well, yeah, but it's it, starter. <laughs> That may be fair. That may be fair. I mean, what do you got? Dwight, JaVale McGee, he's all right. NBA champion. Oh, my goodness. I mean, so is is Swaggy P, Nick Young. I mean, they they made big news because they signed the the Deion Waiters who can't stay off the weed. Uh, He stinks. That was a bad... I don't know why that was. I mean, it was him or J.R. Smith, you know? I mean, LeBron's got this team where people are paying attention to who they signed. They signed Deion Waiters. LeBron... Jared Dudley on this team. He put... LeBron put the clamps... Like, I mean, my big thing was, too, like, Giannis plays legitimate defense... Now, part of that's just because of his length. LeBron, he's got are you saying LeBron but Le- play? LeBron, has, you, the, he has, in the past, he's been a good defender. Now he picks and chooses his spots. But he had a very impressive performance against Kawhi, where I he, mean, was he, he, he was and, guarding like, him. He, he, he guarded Giannis. He, guarded, he, he, guarded he even guarded Zion no, Williamson. No, as of last week, my, my sentiment was uh, Giannis has deserved to win this award, but if the storyline won out, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed because LeBron's been that impressive. But now after his two performances, you know, he's closing the game, and it doesn't help Giannis's cause that he's hurt. So depending on how long Giannis is out, I think he could very well make a v- easy case uh, for LeBron. But it's, I think it's a two-man race, I, yeah. pretty obviously. Um, I mean, I think the, the odds, uh, the third one was Harden. Yeah. He's playing guard. He's, he, uh, James Harden has been playing bad basketball this past week and a half. He's got to pick it up because a lot of people are talking about, and I'm get, are we? I'm transitioning. You go ahead, go yeah. for it. A lot of people are talking about the Rockets. Is that these two guys can play together, and I think they've shown that they have played together. Now it's been taking a while to figure out. Now they got the small ball thing going on, which you know, teach their own on that opinion. Um, but Russell Westbrook has become the clear best player on this team in the past month, and if Harden's not going to pick it up, then he's. It's it's not who can play together. It's can the second best player on the team, James Harden, pick up his act and drop the points that he's supposed I, to be dropping. 
He, Westbrook is not okay. I'm gonna have to disagree with that one. I, Westbrook right. is not the clear best player. I will say this: well, okay, Westbrook yeah, has as emerged of late. as of late. Westbrook has emerged as the leader on that team, and I think if you look, he's a lot more vocal than James Harden. And I think if you ask people around the league, they would say like he's probably the go-to guy like in that locker yeah. room that teammates are going to because I think he's a little bit more outspoken. So I think he's probably the leader of the team. But if you're going far and away best player, I, I don't. I don't think so at all. Harden's a much I mean, better shooter. If if you look as of late, because they've had some bad losses when they lost, they the, have. They as lost of the late, Harden's, yeah, Westbrook is, as recently has been a little bit better yeah. this past two week stretch. But there, there, there was a stretch where he was averaging thirty five on nearly fifty percent shooting. You know, I, but I think I think the Rockets look the, if the Rockets smoked in the playoffs. If the Rockets do anything in the playoffs, it'll be revolutionary and it will change the game of basketball. Because this small ball thing they got going on, you know, Mike D'Antoni, I'm, 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 I'm hoping he, he can, he can figure it out. But the fact, if they, if they can't make their threes, they're gonna get swept they by whoever truly, they play. Yeah, they live and die heavily, and they love when, what, what was it? Truly like, live over twenty seven last yeah. year or whatever. Yeah, that I mean, and then they, they play who they played the other night. A couple months. It was night, it was the Clippers. They shot two for twenty something, and they got. Ran out of the building. Well, and like you're gonna be going up against, like you're eventually gonna have to run into the Lakers. You think they're gonna be with their small ball? They're gonna be matching up against Dwight or not Dwight Howard? Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Not Dwight Howard too. And no, they, they, well, they, it they was, won't it's be been interesting. To. I mean, they they beat the Lakers with the small ball, and then they got ran by thirty against the Clippers. And, I don't, I can't decide. Well, well Harden, okay, Harden, and Westbrook too. Quite frankly, if you watch in the past couple of years, they need to get to the line to score, especially like Harden. He lives at the free throw line. Yeah. Where all of a sudden those calls dry up in the playoffs, and now he's not so good anymore because he's not getting to the line. They just don't. The, the game's officiated differently in the postseason, and that's why Westbrook never gets out of the first round, and Harden's never made it past the second round. Uh, so, well, I, well, I think Westbrook can still do something in the playoffs. I mean, no, I shouldn't I'll, say never pass the second round. He made it to the conference finals. But you know what I mean. He hasn't been yeah. here. All right, I'll, 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 we're going quick fire. We haven't really planned this one out. Uh, Let's do it. Oklahoma City Thunder, How do you, what do we feel? How are we feeling? I, I like Chris Paul. I think they're a fun story, but, you know, they, they, they should trade him. They're not yeah. going anywhere. They can't build around him. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think the fact that uh, the, the media – you know, novel novelty around this team is kind of interesting to me because I think like to assume that the Thunder were like gonna be clearly not in the playoff race or just a bad team going into the season, I think was uh, that was misled a lot of a lot of people were like, oh, the Thunder they won't make the playoffs. I mean, yes, they lost their two guys, Paul George and Russell Westbrook, but they had a pretty good supporting cast regardless of that. And the, Chris Paul last year was not a bad player. He's a very good point guard, and so I think you know, good for them. I'm happy with them. I think, in my opinion, they're very similar, not in like style of play or roster wise, but their potential is very similar to the Raptors. It's like good storyline. You know, it's cool. They're gonna make the playoffs. They might win the first round, but in reality, like you need a star player, like a true star player in the playoffs to make it anywhere, yeah. and neither team has it. Especially the Raptors. I mean, Pascal Siakam, he's awesome, but he ain't. He ain't. He when, when it's game six, game seven, he ain't. Yeah, I, I, he I ain't like gonna drop him. those points to get you past that round. You know. One last topic I want to do uh, very quickly, and it's spring training, and the Cubs and White Sox play again this Friday. I believe they already played once. Uh, as it stands right now, the top ESPN released their top 100 players in baseball. I think it would be fun. Let's go oh, position yes. by position. 
Who would you rather have on your team? The all Chicago roster. We'll okay. Present for each for the Cubs White Sox. Who would you want? We'll start at the catcher position. We'll work our way around the. Uh, we'll go infield, outfield, and uh, three starters. Uh, right. So catcher, you got Wilson Contreras. He has Monty Grandal. Who are you taking? Victor Caratini. That's or Victor Caratini. You're taking Victor Caratini. No, I okay. am not. <laughs> I am not doing that. Um, I. I, I thought this watch. I didn't watch Yasmani Grandal last year. Neither did I. And I thought, not much anyway. And I thought this would be obvious. I'm like, well, Wilson Contreras, he's got the big arm. He's probably a better hitter. But if you look at defensive metrics, Yasmani Grandal is a much better catcher, and he gets on base a ton. He hit 20 homers, and he gets on base, and he's a better defender. So I'm going to have to take Yasmani. Wilson Contreras also missed a very large portion of last year. That's true, but so he's not I a think- great defensive catcher. Even without um, Grandal being a good arm, he's got the arm. I think uh, this is tough. I mean, I'm very biased, so I think one thing that Wilson Contreras has that not a lot, not many baseball players have. Well, I don't say not many, but not all the true baseball, baseball players have. Is he's got like the intangibles of he's like an effort guy that you want in yep. the locker in the, in the clubhouse, I should say. Um, oh, he's a good player. This, I mean, this year he's mashing in spring training, so I'm going Willie. All right, first base, Jose Abreu, Anthony Rizzo. Jose Abreu got screwed. He was left off the top 100 for ESPN. Anthony Rizzo. And then leads the league in RBIs last year. He has never had any help around him in the lineup, and he consistently puts up numbers. He was a rookie of the year in 2014, two-time starter for the AL. His defense has improved. It is Anthony Rizzo, (laughs) but Jose Abreu has been disrespected. He should have been on the top 100. I think one... And this is, I'm, I'm going on stuff that you can't prove, so call me a cheater. But I think Anthony Rizzo repeatedly, like, if you want, like, a leader in your clubhouse, Anthony Rizzo has got to be one of the premier candidates for just being that that clubhouse guy. Uh, and he's all Being clubhouse guys, though, Abreu is a fantastic clubhouse guy. Like, that's the reason they get all those Cubans there. Like, Moncada and Robert is touted. And they call him, like, a father figure to him. Like, he is great well, if in you want room. a leader on a championship-winning team, Anthony Rizzo. Well, Gold this Glover, is the other thing. Very listen, good defensive. The, the defense is the only reason I would pick Rizzo. Because if you look offensively, I think Abreu is probably a better hitter than him. It's not by much. Not by much, but Rizzo has had a lot more help in his lineup. Where Abreu pitches are pitching around so they can get the Yomer Sanchez and fucking um, who else have they had on those crap teams? Uh, the Nicky Delmonico, Adam Angle, yeah, Adam Angle, uh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, they've got a bunch of scrubs. Brian Cordell. I could go on. It's horrible. Where you got uh, Chris Bryant, All Star MVP, Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez. Uh, let's go second baseman. Javi Baez. Second base, Javi doesn't play second oh, I'm base. Oh, sorry. We you just said Javi Bias. Yeah, I, I did. Prepared. Yes. Second, Nico Horner. Who I don't know. Leary Garcia, and I think this one you have to is a push. I don't think you can pick either one of them because right now, I mean, Leary. Who is the White Sox? Right now, it's Leary Garcia, who is the starting. How was that? He was a their starting center fielder last year. Oh. But they're waiting for their first round draft pick from 2019 or second overall pick, third overall pick from 2019. <laughs> Nick Madrigal. To come up in the big leagues. Well, they're doing that uh, service time stuff. Oh, so he's going to have to wait two weeks. So right now it's Leary Garcia. It's really going to be Nick Madden. I mean, it, but you don't I know mean, what to expect. Got, I think that's a push. I think it's Jason Kipnis. That's my answer. I don't even think he's going to make the team. Josh Fegley, the former White Sox, he should be the Cubs' 26th man. Hot take. He's trying. He's trying to make the team. I would, I would like that guy as my catcher. I we, we, yeah, because we got uh, well, Ian Happ 
But he's like center fielder. It's going to be know. tough. That 26th man for the Cubs is going to be tough. All right, shortstop, Tim Anderson, Javi Baez. Javi Baez. Yeah, as of right now, anything else, you're smoking the crack. Hey, give it three years, <laughs> it's going to be Tim give Anderson. Give it three years. Third baseman, I, I agree with you, Javi. Third baseman, who the hell is the White Sox? Yoan Moncada, and I'm taking Moncada. I'm standing by it. That's false. The man was on a power. He's going to be, how much you want to bet? He's going to be a, a top five MVP candidate. You book it. Um, he's gonna challenge top Trout. Five. He will. Ch- gonna, he's gonna I'll challenge Trout for the MVP. I'll put a dollar that he will. He will not be a top five MVP candidate. D- done. There Easiest dollar I've ever made. We should, hey, so dorm dispute listeners. I mean, because you kind of you can't argue that that Chris Bryant's had a down year last year. He was threatened to an injury the whole year. Well, you know, Moncada's fighting through injuries all the time. He's made a glass. What are you talking about? 25 homers, hit 319. Now he's got some protection in the lineup. Oh, good Lord, it's going to be good. He's going to be very good on the team that missed out on the wild card Right field. Oh, no, they can get, the White Sox can get the extra seed that's going to be in the the playoffs. Right field, Nomar Mazzara or Jason Hayward? I mean. The ceiling on Nomar Mazzara is a lot higher but I think the floor for Hayward's higher, so I'm gonna have to go with Hayward. And right also now. Hayward, like say what you want about Hayward and his contract, but when he because the Joe Madden last year was just tossing everyone in their uncle in the leadoff spot. Yeah, and Jason Hayward should not ever have been in the leadoff spot, and they put him there a lot. A lot more should happen, and so his numbers suffered. But when he was in like the six seven hole. He was perfectly fine. In fact, he was very much above average. But they're like, hey, man, just do leadoff. I spun the wheel today, and it was on your name. Uh, I'm going to go smoke a joint in my trailer. Uh, I'll see you guys when the game starts. And <laughs> I can see Joe. <laughs> yeah, I was doing, yeah. And so, Jason Hayward, disrespecting the league. Nomar Mazzara is one of those guys that, like, they got, and they call it, like, untapped potential. Because, like, he's still very young, but we've already kind of seen what he's been. He's been, like, a 260 hits low 20 home runs. So I think if he, you know, now he's getting a chance where he doesn't have to hit cleanup. Because he went from hitting cleanup last year, he's going to be hitting eighth for the Sox this year. So I think his ceiling is still very high. But like I said, we know what we're getting out of Hayward, and Hayward's a better defender, so I'm going to have to go with him for now. But uh, I could change. Center field, I think, is the easiest one out of all of them. Luis Robert versus who the hell is your center yeah. fielder? Isn't it uh, that other, Almora? Well, it was between the two, and Almora was... That's Robert. Poopy last year. Luis Robert. That's, that's I don't know. Better. Hey, watch out for Ian Happ this year. You're taking Ian Happ over Luis Robert. I'm not. Number I said, I said, watch out for Ian. I am not Robert, Robert, Roberto. Robert. It is confirmed Robert. It is Robert. But, hey, watch out La for... La Pantera. They call him the Black Panther. Watch out for Ian Happ. Oh, I'm all apparently fixed his swing. So... So did Adam Angle. Yeah, well... Angle's having that. a good spring, though. He's been tearing it up. Backup center fielder? I'm taking Angle over... the White Sox? Yeah. They haven't got rid of him yet. They won't quit him. He's a very good defender, so they're just going to run him out there to the like replace inning. Eloy. Like, hey, we're trying to win. Get out of here, Eloy. We don't need you to hit anymore. So they'll run Angle out there. He'll go rob a home run. And it'll all be good. Uh, left field, Schwarber versus Eloy. Eloy, easy. If you want, if it's a home run derby, Schwarber. But anything really else, Eloy. Dude, the man's a power hitter. So he, how many home runs did he get last year? I actually don't know how many. Like, Eloy hit 36, uh, and it was considered a bad year for him. And he only played like. I don't remember, years. but he was. I think he was. Uh, you forget, forget me if I'm wrong, but I think he hit the most in the Cubs last year. He might have. Let's, let's look. All right, take your. Uh, who would be the ace of the city? You get one pitcher dude, from either team. Dude. You, Darvish, is going to be a Cy Young candidate. He's going to be up there in the voting. 
tell me I'm wrong. If you've been following the Chicago Cubs at the last year, he was dominant. He was a bona fide ace. This year, if he if he stays healthy, which he has been, he's been 100 percent healthy. He's going to be the opening day starter. That answer is incorrect. Jose Quintana is the ace of the city. Everybody oh knows it. <laughs> who even? Well, who do you guys have? The Lucas Giolito. Oh, the guy Luke. who got shelled by Wilson Contreras. If I had to go the matter. order, and well, I do actually do agree with you. You Darvish is going to probably have a better year because his yeah. second half last year was pretty good. So if he can go anywhere near the form, I mean, he, was, he was in, he was absolutely dominant. I mean, he 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 went what? I remember the eight inning game he had against the uh, Dodgers. I'm going Lucas Giolito as my ace. I would have you Darvish as my two. I'd probably have Kyle Hendricks as my three, and I would go um, Dallas Keuchel as my four. But and yeah, Jose Quintana. Yeah. Well, Michael Kopech. Threw 101 today, and this is his first time pitching in two surgery. years. So, I mean, you watch out. That's going to be a dangerous roster. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, let's see. Like uh, home run totals, not. I went last year. Damn it. Last yes, last but no. You Darvish also. You hit 38. He had 38 last year. I think was the most on the Cubs. He was the most on the Cubs, uh, and um, Eloy hit 36, but he played less games. So I'm taking Eloy. Kyle Schwarber is still very good, though. He's my left fielder. Um, and then I'm going to... You, Darvish, though, he'll be very good because he knows that it wasn't his fault he blew that game seven. Yes, it's because like a weight has been lift, lifted off of his it's shoulder. It's true. It's true. Speaking of which, we've talked about it a lot, and we're not going to stop talking about it, but the Houston Astros, after seeing the amount of crap they've gotten in spring training, if I was on that roster... It's going to be a long Watch season, man. Watch out. It's going to be a long I can't imagine going out there, it, you know, what, 82 games in your away games. Yeah. And sometimes in your home games, too. It's getting the crap boot out of you day in, day out. Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, no matter who you're playing, no matter where you are, every time you go up to bat, you will get booed a lot. And you will get made fun of. And every time you swing and a miss on a curveball, everyone's gonna have a laugh, and it'll be all over social media. And I think it was some—it was like John Heyman or some MLB reporter who was saying like, if you like, you look in that clubhouse, like it's taking a toll on them already. Oh, it's going, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. The, ment- the mentality in there—that's gonna be tough. 162 games of putting up with that—it's gonna be bad. Yeah. Finally, you know, we're all about the women's. On this podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Happy belated International Women's Day. And actually, in the sports world, and this is why I bring it up, is because I was watching the Hawks who were making a playoff push. They won five games in a row. They were pulling me in. I was like, oh, yes, we're making a playoff push. And then they lost to Detroit. Yeah, that was so a it was bad kind of loss. a must win game against St. Louis. So I tuned in, and it was an all women's broadcast. It was Kate Scott, Catherine Tappan, and AJ Melzlacko, or I think is the last name. She was, the, she was uh, an Olympian in 2006. Oh. But. I, the only reason I bring it up, I didn't even realize it was International Women's Day, and I didn't realize it was an all-women's broadcast. They did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, I just thought it was a regular NBC crew. Yeah. And then, like, and their intermission was like, oh, it's an all-women's broadcast. Yeah. Oh, good for one them. Of, that was the, very good. One of the best broadcasters, I would say top ten analysts, play-by-play, in the sports world, Doris Burke. I would agree with that. Book it. She's Doris fantastic. And uh, shout-out Alex Morgan, too. Yeah. Back to back World Cup champ, baby. We'll end it on that. Shout out. Also, shout out to our moms. Yes. And my girlfriend. Hello, mom. All the women's out there. Hi, even mom. even uh, Tiger Woods, Swedish gold digging hoolers. Yes. All um, the ladies out there. <laughs> We're well, on that note. Happy to play an international women's game. Go, Bradley. I believe. I don't know when they play. It's over spring break. Uh, yep, yep. I hope you don't get coronavirus. If you get sick, don't go to work. 
Ivy so, League tournament got shut that, down. That is horrible. That's bad. Yeah, the Ivy That's League the tournament, they just shut it down, and I, I believe, who was the number one team? Yale? Yeah. Yeah, Yale was the, was the in-season winner, and they just gave it to them. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. Yeah, yeah. Northern Iowa, that would have been, they would be the Valley champs. Valley that would have been horrible. I would have been, I would have protested. I don't care that much, but I probably wouldn't have. But yes, see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.